This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast Business. Is it possible to get business internet you can really rely on? It is with 99.9% network reliability from Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Hey, everybody. Emily Kwong here, filling in for Maddie, who's out training for a thumb war competition. Today, our story comes from NPR correspondent Allison Opry. Hey there, Emily. Hey, Allison. So what you got for us? Well, why don't we start with a pop quiz? What do you say? I thrive in quiz pressure. Go on. Do you know how much of the food supply in the U.S. never makes it to our mouths? Mm, 10 percent? 30 to 40 percent. 30 to 40 percent? That is the estimate. In fact, folks at the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, estimate that you could fill the Willis Tower in Chicago, big skyscraper, every year 44 times with the amount of food that goes to waste. That is staggering. You know, food waste is this huge problem. And on top of being a massive waste, when food ends up in a landfill, it rots and a lot of methane is released. And methane is a greenhouse gas, which is a huge contributor to climate change. That's right. It traps heat in the atmosphere. And methane is over 20 times more potent than carbon dioxide in terms of its warming impact. In fact, a recent report from the United Nations found that up to 10 percent of all human-made greenhouse gas emissions are actually linked to food waste. Humans were just we're just the worst, you know, but we're also kind of good at coming up with solutions. Please redeem our species for us. Okay, sure. Well, to solve this problem, some farmers in Massachusetts are taking all of that methane making food waste and turning it into energy, actually making electricity to power nearly 1500 homes. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And to make that energy, these farmers are combining that food waste with something else that can be a big source of methane, especially on big farms. I'll give you a hint. It stinks. Oh, cow poop. That's right. And it's stored in these big pits. And cow poop can release a lot of methane as well. So you're saying that farmers have found a way to take two methane sources food waste and manure and turn it into energy. That's right. Two methane sources, one stone. So today on the show, we head to Massachusetts to get a closer look at how some dairy farmers are turning tons of cow poop and truckloads of food waste into green energy. Allison, I suspect this is going to get messy. Well, stinky more like it. To borrow a line from our colleague Dan Charles, we're going to get a whiff of the future. This message is brought to you by Apple Pay. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the Wallet app and you're good to go. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. 
Okay, Allison, before we get into how these farmers are doing this, Uh let's talk about why. Is it just about methane in the environment? Well, I mean, I am sure a lot of farmers do care about the environment. But really, times are tough for dairy farmers out there. I mean, many farmers are looking for ways to diversify their incomes. They've gotten very efficient at doing what they do, producing milk, perhaps too efficient, and that makes it tough to be in business. So my name is Peter Melnick, and I'm a fourth-generation dairy farmer in Deerfield, Massachusetts. I visited Peter's farm late last year. He's one of a handful of farmers in Massachusetts converting wasted food and manure into electricity. He has essentially turned part of his family farm into this mini power plant. Wow. And he says they're saving about $100,000 a year by producing energy. $100,000 a year. That's a huge savings. Yeah. Okay. So how how does this waste to energy process actually work? So a key piece of equipment on the Melnick farm is this anaerobic digester. Fun name. What is an anaerobic digester? So it's basically a big sealed tank. And when the food waste and the manure are put into the tank and heated, all of this biomass is broken down by the little microorganisms, the bacteria, and a methane biogas is produced. From this big mixture. That's right. And the digester that he has on his farm has a tank that can hold about a million gallons. Of what is basically a big organic waste Brownie. Yes, and then as methane is released, it rises to the top of a bubble-shaped dome. We capture the gas in that bubble, and then we suck it into a generator. It's about the size of your car, and that engine runs on methane instead of diesel or gasoline. And that, in turn, is turning a big generator, which is then creating one megawatt of electricity. Is one megawatt a lot of electricity? Well, to put this in context, this operation powers not only his farm and his home, but a lot more. We only use about 10% of what we make, and the rest gets fed onto the grid. And it's almost enough to do 1,500 homes. That is a huge output of energy, 1,500 homes. And you mentioned that Peter is mixing food waste in with the manure. Why is he adding food waste to Well, the more you add to the digester, the more volume you have, the more electricity you can make. So that manure may not produce enough to make the economics of the digester system work out. You need scale. Right. So Peter's not only using this manure, he's also processing millions of pounds of food waste from across the Boston area, food that is spoiled or surplus, also a lot of waste products from food production facilities around the state. Traditionally, all this would end up in a landfill, but instead it is trucked to his farm. We presently take in about a hundred ton, which is about three tractor trailer loads every day. Whoa, that is a huge amount of food waste. I watched it, it's amazing. I mean, these trucks come in and it's just piped into this big pit where it then ends up in the digester. He gets waste from the local creamery, waste from a local brewery, a local juice plant. And then another big source for him is waste from Whole Foods, the grocery chain. 17 of their stores in Massachusetts participate. Um, There's a woman at Whole Foods, Karen Franchek. She showed us how it all works. We do have items that we can't sell either because they're spoiled, items that are bruised that we might not be able to sell. So what she showed us when we visited is this big industrial masher. This was at the Whole Foods in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. It basically gobbles up everything that would be wasted. 
And you can imagine there's everything from bones, we put whole fish in there, um, vegetables, uh, you can have dry items like rice or grains. So it really becomes kind of a, a liquefied food waste. Mm, liquefied food waste. <laughs> Delicious. Okay, and what happens next? Well, so this slurry is loaded into the tank of a truck, it heads to Peter's farm, and right. then it goes right into the digester. Anything that ends up going to landfill or incineration costs us more money. That is the most expensive way to get rid of waste in our stores. So this is cheaper for Whole Foods, too? That's right, it is. And also, I should point out, in Massachusetts, grocery stores and food producers aren't allowed to send this organic waste to landfills anymore. The state passed a law back in 2014 that restricts this. It applies to all businesses that generate over a ton of organic waste a week. Wow. So there's an incentive for supermarkets like Whole Foods to participate in something like this. Exactly. Okay, let's go back to our farm for a minute. Can any farmer get in on this? Like, how did Peter get his digester? Well, here's how it works. The digesters are built and run by a company called Vanguard Renewables. Vanguard pays farmers a fee for the use of their land and also gives them free electricity to power their farms and houses. Right now, there are five digesters spread out across the state. The CEO of Vanguard Renewables, John Hanselman, says he hopes that this whole operation expands. There's more than enough food waste in Massachusetts to feed all of our five digesters, plus many more. Allison, do you get the sense that this is something that can be realistically expanded? You know, I think it really depends on the right mix of policies and incentives. That's what Massachusetts put in place. They passed the commercial food material disposal ban. They had a series of grants. I mean, this is a new approach. So I think we'd have to look to see, would we have some kind of federal policy or other state policies to promote this? Hanselman told me he's really inspired by what's happened in Europe, where he says there's more than 17,000 digesters. So we saw what was happening in Europe, where anaerobic digestion was extremely widespread. Across the United States, we don't have that incentive program. We don't have the federal energy policy or any federal benefits for anaerobic digestion. We are at the cusp. We are at the early days, we've finally got the economics to work. And when I spoke to Peter Melnick about this, the farmer, he says he really agrees. As the price of milk has really been flat, the digester has just been uh, a home run for us in that sense. It's made us more um, sustainable environmentally, but also economically as well. Allison, thank you so much for taking us to Massachusetts where this kind of amazing chain of suppliers and energy makers exists. Now I know where to send all my extra cow manure and food waste. Oh, my pleasure. It was really a great story to report. This episode was produced by Britt Hansen and edited by Viet Le. Thanks for listening to Shortwave from NPR. This message comes from EarthX. The EarthX 2024 Environmental and Sustainability Congress of Conferences is happening in April and brings together all sides with one important mission, protect the planet. Go to earthx.org to register. History is intriguing, but unlike the present, it can feel far off. On NPR's Throughline, we bring it back to life. I will toss you in the air like a lion. I will leave no one alive in your realm. Go inside the stories from then that shape the world we live in now. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.